Tonight, we're going to answer the following question. What is dad gaming? This is a concept that has been uh, brewing in my head for quite some time, and I want to be able to flesh it out a little bit. I'm Dirk. And I'm Stev. And this is Super Arrogant Bros. You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com One, two, three. No. Okay. Welcome to Super Egg and Bros, recorded on April 25th of 2021. And uh, finally, we, we have Steph back into the recording studio, and uh, it's good to be able to have him, have him here with me. Like, don't get me wrong, I do enjoy the last episodes that we did. It's just, you know, there's something about being able to do this in person instead. Yeah. Now, uh, before I get too far, though, I did want to bring up something here. I was a bridesmaid my good friend Mara got married yesterday to a uh, to a goofy goober and because I was a bridesmaid she decided to give the bridesmaid a well she gave bridesmaids a gift and I I have received one myself so it is inside this uh, white box that is right in front of me first thing in the box is a coaster but also works as a dice tray. See here. It's a little, a little fancy. It's a little fancy. Fancy. And then uh, there's also this uh, dice bag, a uh, f- sort of leatherish, but it's supposed to feel like dragon scale dice bag. Ooh. Fancy. Mm-hmm. Oh, fancy as all hell. And <laughs> don't, don't put your hand in it. Get your head out of that. Stuck. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then next in the package is a beer glass that says, Beware the Smiling Dungeon Master, which that's uh, pretty cool here. It's, uh, uh, it's etched in here. And the last thing, though, last thing, it's inside this black box. Let me open it up here. It's crystal meth. It may as well be, but no. These are metallic dice. Oh, shit. And these are also color-changing metallic dice based on if they get heat. So, uh, I'll bring it up to the camera here so that uh, someone else, can, you know, other people can see it. Uh, there's the uh, Nat 1. But, yeah, take a look at this thing. Ooh, fancy. I have wanted metal dice for quite some time. I love the way that they roll. Um, I love the uh, the feeling in the hand as I as I hold them and get ready to uh, miss whatever I'm trying to do within mm-hmm. the game. And uh, yeah, this is actually pretty great. Uh, Mara and I have talked about wanting to play Pathfinder as well. Uh, specifically, I want to get into Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Just to try it out. Well... I watched the video uh-huh. talking about what to what to uh, expect from Pathfinder Second Edition, and it goes over a bunch of the the changes that the game has gone through, and I like it as far as the mechanics go. Okay, the uh, the three 
uh, movement system that they have. So it's like, if you want to strike three times, you can strike three times. If you want to run, strike, run, you can do that. Like whatever combination you want to and, and other shit you can do with those three. Um, and then there's also like if you roll a number, like if you roll 10 higher than the actual goal for the uh, for the check, mm-hmm. that's actually a critical success. But then if you roll a nat 20, then that's even more hardcore of a critical success. So it's going to mean that, um, yeah, uh, there's more critical successes, but the same works for failures as well. So you can you can you can fail, you can super fail, and then oh you just you just fucked yourself, boy. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I recently picked up a few more fucking RPG books because I have a problem definitely, and yeah. I'm starting and I'm starting to realize that maybe the D6 system is the way to go from now on. I'm talking about Wrath and Glory and Soulbound two amazing rpgs that are being made in the warhammer 40k and the warhammer age of sigmar universe respectively wrath and glory being 40k and of course soulbound being age of sigmar both of these systems use a d6 system the more points you have into a thing the more d6s you throw at a problem yeah and they have a concept that is known as failing forward so effectively even if you do fail miserably something will be happening that will move the narrative forward and the couple of times that i did play it is actually fairly decent like it's 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 been really nice every combat's been fluid fast there's not a lot of like rules keeping or shit like that and they even have something that allows the players to affect the narrative as well using cards that the dm or the players themselves can buy shuffle up the deck deal out one card per player and hey it's a lot of fun i remember uh, the uh, last session that i ran before this whole shebang shebang happened was uh they were trying to uh they were trying to get more information on a uh, on a cult that's been committing these murders in the name of whatever dark god they were trying to find. Yeah. However, they were getting their asses handed to them by the cultists. So what happens? One of the players says, like, all right, we need help. Stev, I'm going to play this little card right here. We get reinforcements. Like, okay, you get reinforcements. Stormtroopers, which are basically actually elite shock troopers, pop down. They kick ass. They take names. Then they look over at you, tell you to put your hands up, throw away any of your weapons onto the ground, and a and someone tries to like flash that they're part of the Inquisition from the player party and like, oh no, man, you, uh, we're actually a part of the Inquisition. They flash theirs out too. So it's like, yeah. Our Inquisitor is better than your Inquisitor right now. <laughs> Put your guns down. We're okay. going to figure out why you're investigating this instead of we are. And st- instead of the actual in- investigator. Oh, I like that. And it was it was a lot of fun. It added it added the twist to each session. Uh everything kind of uh everything was, you know, poised to spiral out of control and people are going to have to start figuring out what's what and all that good jazz. And then all of a sudden a guy ate a bat. And here we are. 
Someone ate a bat and here we are. Yeah, someone ate a bat and then here here we are. Everyone's coughing on all my shit. All right. Well, without um, further ado then, let's go ahead and get into the games of the week. Games of the week. Sev, you've been playing your addiction, Mountain Blade Bannerlord. So, last night, after I got home from work, I decided to get some gaming in before I got to bed. Well, before that, I was watching a video by the Spiffing Brit, who is very well renowned for showing people how well-balanced a game is by horrifically breaking it because of one little exploit that he finds in every single game. And it's a hell of a lot of fun for someone that has played Mountain Blade Bannerlord and can't get any of his mods to work because they keep updating the game every so often, pissing off the modding community to the point where no one wants to mod for Mountain Blade anymore. Sad times ahead. But he showed me how to have the most fun in my life while playing Mountain Blade Bannerlord. There is... So, in Bannerlord, you're able to basically do anything. If you just want to be a caravan master that works for no master, you go ahead and do that. Build a caravan empire. Be badass. Effectively buy out an entire city and a bunch of lords, so that way you can start your own trading caravans. Trading kingdom. There we go. You can Mm -hmm. make the Iron Bank. Like, that's pretty cool, right? But... He showed me how to have even more fun because after a while, playing Bannerlord the way that it's meant to be played kind of gets a little boring after a while, especially when you've been doing it multiple times and all of the builds that you've been trying to make get thrown out, uh, get thrown out of left field because they just have more numbers than you are instead of, you know, having elite shock troopers like barreling down on them. Right. So... His exploit is using a skill in this game that anyone can use, anyone is able to work with it, and anyone can fail with it. It is called smithing. Yes, that's right. You can make your own weapons in this game using materials that you find around the the map, melting all these materials down so that way you can... uh, make your own weapons. It was supposed to be some it was supposed to be a more cost-efficient way of getting really good weapons for your guys. Like your hero characters and yourself, of course. Well, he realized halfway through his first playthrough of trying to break everything in Bannerlord that if you're careful enough and you actually know how to game the system, you can make weapons that are dirt cheap to make. Like I'm talking about, I literally am making a cast iron sword. Mm Mm-hmm. That is now worth 30,000 gold. I did this. I'm like, no, this is just a meme. After a while, I'm not going to be able to do anything. And then I recall, like, in the video, he talks about how how this exploit will snowball into just, you don't have to worry about money whatsoever. Raise the biggest army you can. You physically cannot run out of money with this uh, with this exploit. So I'm like, okay. So I'm getting some extra materials because if you want to if you want to craft a bigger a better sword you have to do the research by basically making more 
making more swords, making more pickaxes that cost 500 gold. And you go forth and you're having fun with this. Well, I decided to experiment a little bit like I need I need a sword for me just to mess around with just in case I start fighting. Well, I made one sword and then I made the same one again. And then my character needed to take a little nappy wappy before he would do anything, so I decided to go to the marketplace and try and sell the sword. Okay. And I'm looking for the sword. And I have to take like I did a second take. And I look over and I just begin to realize Oh. Oh god. This sword that I made for myself is worth over eighty thousand gold. I bankrupted a city to the point where I myself put it into poverty <laughs> because I sold the sword and took them for all of their money. And I'm looking at this and I'm looking back over at Spiffing Brit and I just realize this isn't a meme. I it's can, real. I, I, I can literally bankrupt cities by existing. And so... The legend of, I think his name is Morgan, and then I just like decided to say Freeman. He he looks nothing like Morgan Freeman. He 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 is a he is a Germanic small boy, mm-hmm. and he just runs around. And now there's a legend about him. I'm going to assume in the game that if this man visits your city, he will create godlike weapons. And you will have no choice but to uh, but to buy those weapons off of him. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. Oh no. Oh, I'm not having fun no more. <laughs> um, with the spiffing Brit, the first video that I watched from him was uh, city skyline, uh, and how you can you can run the city. And and uh, just you could run it as a as a libertarian city where the the income that you get is from road tolling. And so he would he he found his bullshit and then he he extended it as far as he fucking could, making it so that if if you're gonna drive anywhere, you're gonna fucking pay a toll. You have to. You cannot escape this. But you're not being taxed. So it's just like, the, the entire concept was hilarious, but then seeing it work that that was phenomenal for, uh, for my game of the week though. I, I had someone who is, has been talking to me about the elder scrolls online mm-hmm. and I told this person, look, if, if you can convert me to a different game, than World of Warcraft, as far as MMOs go, I will listen. I will listen to what you have to show. Elder Scrolls Online is a game that I would shelve once in a while, just because maybe I just wasn't feeling it. Uh, what was the uh, the expansion that was so heavily heavily on the uh, the Khajiit and their bullshit ter- territory? The Khajiit are, are bullshit, but. <laughs> they're not Argonians. They're, they're, uh, that's 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 their problem. Oh no, that's oof! I, I don't know which is worse. 
How dare you? Skyrim belongs to the Nords, blood and so- soil. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, the canonical ending ends with the Empire taking over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, I was very serious on the on the idea that like there's there's more out there than than World of Warcraft, and I want to be able to enjoy it. However, years ago, I remember when Blind Guardian's album beyond the red mirror was was still pretty new mm-hmm. and i would listen to it as i would play the elder scrolls online and earlier last week i i put on the record start listening and then it just it it hit me of how the those two were connected that game and that album and i was like fuck it i'll i'll just re-download it and and do it it's comfy good the game is the game is comfy and that's really like like that's one of the biggest uh things i look for in an mmo like i i want it to be a, a world that i can uh get sucked into and and feel comfy from like if i go into one of the taverns in world of warcraft and sit at a fire like i want to feel that level of comfort and there's something about the Elder Scrolls Online that feels like it's from... Actually, there's something about Elder Scrolls overall that feels like it is from a pulp magazine. Like, like a pulp magazine story. The way that it is weird and presented. Uh, the lore behind everything. Like, There's so much to this that um, like it doesn't feel like the so much like the generic uh, Tolkien-inspired... Uh, Lord of the Rings kind of world, it's it, it feels more like its own. Like when when you go into areas of more of Morrowind and when you play Morrowind overall, like it feels much more like something you would read from the 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 wheel, weird tales uh, magazine books. And so yeah, it's I, I'm gonna be taking some more time to dive a lot more deep into it than than I have before in the past, and yeah, I want to be able to enjoy that. Is there anything else you got? Not really. All right then. In that case, let's go ahead and get into the gaming news. Gaming news. You want to guess what is the fastest selling console in history? Oh, in America, that is. It it ain't the Wii, brother. Yeah. It ain't the Wii. It ain't the Game Gear, even though the Game Gear deserves it. It ain't the Game Boy Color, even though that deserves it, too. It ain't the Virtual Boy. God knows that deserves it. My friend, that is the place. Soldier Boy. Oh, yeah. It's the Soldier Boy gaming console. Yeah, uh, that the the fastest legal trouble you can get into. <laughs> but no, it's but no, it is the PlayStation Five, and and who who didn't see that coming? Who knew that that uh, having bots that are constantly searching the internet for the opportunity to purchase the console in order to scalp it? Like, who knew that that would lead to it being the fastest selling console? But what does that matter if nobody is able to play the consoles? Yeah, it's uh, it really starts turning into. God, is this fucking thing even worth it at this point? 
because right now the only game I'm waiting for to come out on the PS5 would have to be Elder Scrolls 6 or Starfield or whatever it's or whatever the new Bethesda game that's coming out is and that's honestly about it every single time I like think to myself ah, I should probably get a PS5 it just boils down to every game that they have so far outside of Demon Souls and not even with Demon Souls I'm probably going to get it I waited to get a PS4 until like something really fucking caught my eye yeah yeah there are some people that hold a a formula as to whether or not they purchase a uh a console like if they if they find that there are three games that are out for the console that they really want to play they'll buy it there's some mm-hmm. that that decide that if if the amount of games that they're going to buy is going to be uh costing more than the console itself then that's going to justify it it's really whatever you're comfortable with for me the playstation 4 turned into a bloodborne machine and right now the playstation 5 i'm not so much having that problem but that's also because I'm able to play PlayStation 4 games with it. Yeah. Um, thankfully, they did that remastered edition of the uh, Spider-Man game from 2018. Because mm-hmm. it, it's it's a good fucking game. But being yeah. able to see it running uh, like on 60 frames per second in 4K, that's great. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. If you do have a PS5 console kudos to you yeah but at the same time i can't justify picking up a ps5 console right now simply for the fact that there isn't really a lot for me to do on there sure it's backwards compatible sure it has all these other things that are going for it but at the same time i can't justify picking it off off of anyone including scalpers including legal uh, like including actual vendors because what is there to play right now? Like, I, I, I know it sounds a little bit pessimistic of me, but at the same time, it's just a lot of other people are having the same issue. Like, what the hell do I do with this? It, I mean, Demon Souls is pretty cool. Don't get me wrong on that part. But at the same time, we need the games. Yeah, we need the games. It's, it's, it's what happens to the PS4 in the beginning. It's what happened to the Xbox, uh, the Xbox One in the beginning. Like, yes, the graphics look amazing, but at the same time, what do you have for me? Yeah, and, and we're getting that same issue right now with the latest Xbox units. If I were to buy that fucking thing right now, I have no idea what I would play. No one does. Thankfully, I've got a PC that's able to run these games anyway, so... Yeah. Like, when when Halo Infinite comes out, I'll just play it on PC. Who cares? Yep. Uh, fucking uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is on the PC. Days Gone is going onto the onto the PC. Like a lot of these PS4 games are going back to PC era, and fuck, even Halo games are gonna start doing the same thing. So now we already have the Master Chief Collection. Yeah, we have the Master Chief Collection. We're getting a Mass Effect Collection here in a little bit. I'm sorry, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. That that's a whole different thing I can get into, like at some different point. But right now with how Sony and Microsoft are starting to do things I'm probably just going to wait until it either comes out on PC or it's fascinating enough for me to justify getting a console 
yeah, there you go. That's it. So, uh, sorry, Sony. I mean, you got the fastest seller, but in the end here, most of those are just scalpers. Yeah. It's, it's the software sales that you need and you're not getting it right now. Yeah. Fuck man. So with that, let's go ahead and get into the topic of the week. Topic of the week. Dad gaming. Mm. A concept that I have been thinking about in my noodle as I do the gaming myself. So, what is dad gaming? Well, what do dads like to do? Dads like to work on miniatures. They like to go fishing. They like to work on model railroads and trains. They like to uh, put the uh, put the model ships inside the big old glass bottle. They like to put on a Rolling Stones album on their their vinyl player and then yell at their their kids for running around because that's gonna get the the needle to bounce and scratch the record. Dads need comfort. Mm -hmm. Dads yearn for the days of being able to have that laziness, but also have certain freedoms for what they're able to do with their hobbies. Now, in the case of working with the model railroads and trains, you know, you have to you have to put the shit together. You have to work on the terrain, but that also comes with a lot of creativity in what you're able to do. That I think is uh, one of the good ways to describe what dad gaming is supposed to be able to do for you. You are able to pick your own way of of handling a situation, or it's a lot of problem solving it's a lot of uh puzzle solving so it's you know and then it gets into uh the the zen of fishing some of us find that zen in solving problems so what i'm gonna say here as far as dad gaming goes is that it's not something that is so far into a a reflex driven game but more of what what kind of brain exercise are you getting out of this as you as you go with painting painting is not so much a matter of of talent when it comes to the miniatures it's about the technique that is being used and you are constantly teaching yourself as you are when when you go fishing if if you're not catching shit then you got to figure out well what are you doing wrong and then as soon as you catch something then you get that that euphoria, that satisfaction of like, hey, okay, I, I did this. So, to name off some examples of games, and Stev, if you've got some examples that you want to mention, feel free to. Okay. Um, the Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind is one of them. A game that is, that is uh, 19 years old right now. 
but it is a game where you're able to create your own character. You get plopped into the world of Morrowind and you go out and you explore, but you were also able to drop and pick up the game exactly whenever you want to. You don't have to worry so much about going through all these, these, uh, drawn out cinematics like you would in Final Fantasy. So Final Fantasy, not a dad game. Just not. Morrowind, though. When you're able to, to walk into a cave and, and kill everything that is in there that is going to kill you, and then go and scourge through, find some notes, and read something about the lore, that is satisfying to do. Being in my uh, early 30s, you know, it's like you got shit to do. Yeah. And, you, you know, you, you don't have to be a dad to have this mentality, but you're old enough to be a dad and therefore old enough to have that kind of like mental expectation of like, don't waste my fucking time. Mm -hmm. Let me play the game. That is why Final Fantasy is not something that I would consider a dad game. Like you, you go through so much story time uh, shit that it's okay. It's okay if you're a kid. Because when you're a kid, it's like you've got all the time in the world until a bedtime or you have to do your homework. But but you're able to become in, in you know engrossed in that storyline. But for people that are our age, like we want to be able to go from point A to point B and enjoy the journey. Another game I'm going to mention, Heroes of Might and Magic. This became it became so in my face as soon as I realized this of, of you've got your hero, you go out and you know, every, every day you have a limited amount of movement that you're able to do. So you plan it. Do I pick up the gold or do I go fight that thing? And you got to strategize, but your, your brain is like, is, is constantly having the, the hamster wheel going. And that, I think, is a perfect example of, of dad gaming. You are able to pick up that game, but also put it down when you need to. And the combat is nowhere near overwhelming, but it does make you have the old noggin joggin. I mean, is, is what I'm getting at here making sense so far, Stev? Yeah, I think so. So it's basically... I don't know. When I think about dad gaming, I think about stuff that allows you to be a little bit more creative, I guess. Yeah. So, to a certain point, Valheim is in early access right now. And to me, it feels more like dad gaming than anything else. Simply for the fact that it allows you to be as creative as you want to. It's not that... It's not that heavy in terms of gameplay. It allows you to just fucking go forth, have fun, all that sort of good shit. And I would honestly have to say in that sort of respect, probably the first Mountain Blade, I would have to say, yeah, would be considered dad gaming. Because, I mean, it, it gives you an actual free... Like, I wouldn't call it free form, but I would also say, yeah, it, 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 it allows you to do whatever the hell you want. It allows you to do, be whatever the hell you want. And I think that's what a lot of, in that sort of, in that sort of vein of thinking, 
it allows you to be what you want to be, I guess. And so I, I honestly, I mean, I, I'm, I, I don't really dad game. Like my repertoire literally just keeps expanding until all of a sudden I just realize I don't even play half these games anymore. Yeah. I, I spent $30 on this game. I don't even know if I actually, oh, I played a good amount of it, mm-hmm. like 10 hours of it, but I don't remember buying this game. Yeah. So to, to help define things a little bit further here, why don't we give some other examples of like what is not dad gaming? Um, I would say the um, the Fortnite type games, the uh, battle royale games. Yeah, Twitch shooters, basically what it is. Yeah, what a Twitch shooter is is that effectively it's relying on reflexes and skill in order to pull out like W's out of your ass. So in that sort of vein, I'm talking about like uh, a lot of the newer Call of Duties where it relies. It relies heavily on you having the good reflexes to really pop off. So Apex Legends, uh, Fortnite, uh, to a certain extent, League of Legends and Dota 2, uh, Counter-Strike, like a lot of these other things. We're talking about games that allow you to be a little bit slower in how you deal with stuff. So again, Morrowind. If you just keep rushing into combat, you're not going to have fun. That's 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 just a point. That's that is just a fact when it comes down to Morrowind. If you run in there, don't know what you're getting yourself into, you're not going to be having fun. Now, unfortunately, a good amount of these caves, dungeons, mines, there are going to be times where you enter into one of these things and realize that, oh god, two vampires are already in my face. <laughs> I don't really like this right now. Yeah. But so what I'm gathering is your own pace sorts of gaming is what you're trying to say, right? Yeah, so, I think so. Now, I'm, I'm going to throw a wrench into this whole thing. Okay. My grandfather has expressed uh, a bit of interest in, um, I think it was War Thunder. Yeah. Because there are a lot of lot of men who are older veterans that that just get their attention grabbed by the junk with these uh, these old what's sorry with these World War Two uh, shooters or or dogfight games or mm-hmm. um, games where you fight with with ships like for them it's like they want to they want to enjoy what feels like the the glory days of of the military. Um, like like the shit that uh, Sabaton has been able to promote with their music videos, um, World of of Tanks could be mm-hmm. could be considered. Do you think those kind of games would fit with Dad Gaming? I do honestly think so. So those of you that don't know what War Thunder is, it's effectively a, it lets you play as either a ship, a plane, or a tank. Sometimes you can do both of those at the same time. Uh, if push comes to shove, I'm pretty sure Gaijin is just going to say to hell with it. Let's add, let's expand more on our World War II maps so that way naval naval bombardments can be a thing. So that way, you know, we actually have a big fucking fight on our hands. That would be kind of cool, but that's just me. But anyways, back onto the topic. 
War Thunder effectively at lower tiers, like low to mid tier, you aren't going to experience a lot of these people that are just rushing all over the place. It's a lot more of a patient game. It's a fucking mind game. Like, and it also makes you pay attention to details. For instance, everyone knows that a tank is tough. But some tanks are tougher than other tanks. Some tanks have big-ass guns, but the armor isn't there. Some tanks have forward-facing guns, so they can't rotate, which means they need to be in static positions. What War Thunder does for a lot of these older gents is that it puts their memory to use. It, it, It allows them to remember, like, where exactly the weak point is in each one of these tanks. So I'm talking about, like, for instance, the M18... It can put a hole in literally anything if it's if it sees it. It's fast. You can put. I mean, like it's fast. It will hide. It will do everything that it needs to do. But God forbid that a fucking rock gets thrown at it because it will kill everything inside. Use that knowledge to your uh, to your advantage. Mm-hmm. You want to be fast. You want to scoot and shoot. You want to shoot then scoot. Ah, fucking the SU-85. You want to be able to just sit in cover, in concealment more specifically, and pop off rounds. Because you're not going to be moving around a lot. You're going to want to set up, like, wide fields of fire. Uh, The Tiger Tank. Yes, you are the toughest thing alive. But at the same time, if you get outnumbered, you're going to get fucked no matter which way you look at it. You can only deal with one tank at a time. Yep. Shermans, there are a lot of you. Don't expect to survive a lot of shots. Use numbers to your advantage. Like, it's that sort of sort of tactical thinking, which is why uh, Hell Let Loose is starting to become a lot more popular. Uh, Heroes and Generals was popular for a while before, you know, they just kind of forgot about it. And it's just... A lot of these games that require you to pay attention, to actually plan out an attack, it's a lot more fun for a lot of the more mature audiences of gaming. It's not because I'm in a tiger. I know what the weak points are supposed to be on a tiger, so I'm going to cover them, which is also why I despise Battlefield V. I'm going to get into a small little thing about it. I played war thunder for god knows how long i played it when it first uh, i i played it when when tanks just got an uh just got announced they got teased i had no idea when it was going to be going through so i started saving up money just in case i wanted to buy a tank early access came out i'm like fucking yeah so i picked up the russian side of the tanks i have god knows how many hours on war thunder at this point not as much as people uh people like Fly Daily who spent countless hours on that game have more than a thousand hours on that game but it's it it, it it ingrained to me that not all tanks are built equally but all tanks can kill every tank if it has the gun and you know what to do with this fucking thing some tanks aren't supposed to be killing other tanks they're supposed to be helping other tanks kill tanks same thing with planes an interceptor is meant to go after bombers and other fighters. Fighters are meant to escort bombers and engage other fighters. Bombers are meant to just go blow up anything that's below that's on the ground and hopefully don't get shot down. 
Like, it's that sort of thing. So, all of a sudden, stepping into Battlefield 5, seeing tanks, I'm like, I'm perfect at this. I am perfect at this because I know exactly where the weak point is on a Sherman. I know exactly where the weak point is on a he on a he Joe. I think it's called. I know exactly where the tank uh, where the weak points are on a Panther. Like this is gonna be fun for me. And then realizing that there's health bars really fucking killed my enthusiasm for the game. Oh, did it? I played for. Five minutes in the tutorial, and like the in in the beginning cinematic, I'm like, oh man, I can play as a tank. I wonder like what the damage. There's health bars, and I turned off the game because it's like again, I knew exactly what this was going to turn into. This wasn't going to be fun for anyone that actually wanted the like historical realism, which is why I couldn't do World of Tanks anymore because again. Like, if I put a shell through the side armor of a Stuart, it's going to die. Like, there is no two ways about it. It will pierce ammo, it will pierce into the hole, set things on fire, make it to where it won't be able to live after that first shot. Then all of a sudden, I realize that, oh, I only put it down to half health. I'm just going to leave the game and uninstall. So that's, I, I guess... You know I want I want to put my knowledge to the test in games that have like realism. You know what I'm finding as the correlation here with these games that we're talking about depth. Yes. That is uh, that is ultimately uh one of the uh the the, the linchpins as to whether or not it, it is a dad game. Uh if I get into Divinity Original Sin 2 like yeah, I I I'm playing a role playing game. Uh, yeah, there's storyline to it. However, I'm not sitting through cinematics the whole time. But also, the amount of things that you were able to do to try to play with the entire thing is is a sandbox where it, it entices you to like, hey, click over here and see what happens. And so, like, if I play. Divinity Original Sin, I'm playing it to get immersed in what is going on within the world itself. I um I create my character. Uh dad is hidden away for right now playing this game. Leave him alone. Otherwise he's gonna get a little pissed off here. Yeah. Um so yeah, like it, it's I think it's becoming a little bit more clear as to what exactly it is. But yeah, like uh, it's it's a matter of um, more depth and more solving things, and sometimes in a way that gives you options on how to solve things, and less about the um, the reflexes. So things like Call of Duty, I would not consider dad games. However, it's it's like. War Thunder is going to need you to uh, to work with your reflexes, though. Like, if if you spot something and you have to hit it before it hits you, like, you've got that. But the depth between the history of whatever it is that you are controlling, the area that you're fighting in, and the strategies, that is really what makes it a dad game 
even if it does have some level of um um of of reflex necessity yeah it's just like the reflexes are there yeah but i will argue that it takes more there's supposed to be the patience factor on there like yes the reflexes will help but you don't you could have the reflexes of a fucking dead hamster if you have good positioning if you know how your tank yeah works. so honestly i like i like games that have me think rather than act on reflex so i mean like yes i still enjoy rainbow six siege no i'm not good at it but i still like it because you know i have holograms yeah i get to throw a hologram run all the way through and like turn my brain off and be like hey guys look i'm a target you can shoot at right now not the other guys and you know I'd, I'll, I'll have fun with that but I always go back to games that make me like take a step back and like look at things on the whole so that way I can plan out what I want to do like I, I want to be able to plan things mm-hmm. and and twitch gaming I just can't do it yeah it's I think I think actually what you what you just said here a moment ago um puts in perspective like the the hobbies like if if i am my grandfather like i'm i'm building the terrain and i'm working on like this small section of what is a giant fucking map of a railroad so like he's concentrated on this one one spot here but he's still able to step back and see the entire thing that he's built for what it is I can take my character in Marwind, do a quest, focus on it, but then I can also step back after it's all over and think about where I was in the beginning of the game, where I am now, and the impact of the the world I'm in I have made. That, like that, to me, is is dad gaming. Mm -hmm. I agree. (laughs) <laughs> so i want to know uh from from listeners here like what do you consider to be dad gaming like list off some games that you think are are able to uh to match what we're talking about or what we're thinking about here because like shit from larian studios the ballers gate games um it's <sighs> I don't know if I would really consider Dark Souls as much, maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't consider it. Like, it's a good game, but at the same time, it just doesn't have, again, that sort of... It's it's yeah. my favorite game, but it's not a dad game. Yeah. So, um, platformers would not would not fall into this. Um, what about some of the racing games like like Forza? I guess to a certain extent. Yeah. That's something I'm going to chew on for a little while. Okay. But anyways, like let us know what you got what you think is uh, is a dad game. Give an example. Talk to us why. And uh and and we'll look into it on on the next episode. But are there any final things that you want to mention for this topic then? Mm, not really. All right. 
Well, let's go ahead and wrap up the episode then. Guys, thank you very much for listening. If you like what we do, follow us on facebook.com slash arrogant media. But also, very importantly, we have goals that we are trying to reach. Uh, We have been putting much more focus on the YouTube end of things than just being a podcast. And so the goal at this point is to reach 1,000 subscribers. If we can do this, then that's going to allow us to do much, much more with the platform than we we have been able to before. So get people listening. Subscribe if you have not. And until next time, fall damage. Okay. Yeah. 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 Alright, thank you for uh for watching the stream, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye bye friends. Bye bye. Bye bye.